Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friends Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer. Today, we're going to be covering uh, some comments made by Jacob Zuma with regards to traditional leaders and how much power they should have, tax increases, and also the main risks facing South African companies in 2024. I'm joined today by Saragon. Sarah, very good to have you here. Let's get into the news of today. The first thing I want to talk about is, as I said, Jacob Zuma um, and I must say there's a lot of political formations in South Africa which are a bit vague on their kind of policy vision, on their ideas. Uh, they'll say things like, yo, we want you know, something vague and fuzzy, like we want a people-centric approach to government or something like that. And you're like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Jacob Zuma's new party uh, seems to be coming out of the gate with some fairly radical, but at least fairly clear policy proposals. He was speaking to a group of traditional leaders um, in, in KZN, uh, usually referred to as Amakosi, and he decried the lack of respect shown to the Amakosi in the South African constitution. He said that Amakosi should be a so should be sovereign authorities with central executive powers. He said, quote, when we got our freedom, we should have taken back the land and reinstalled the authority of traditional leadership like in other countries where there are Amakosi as head of state and a government that serves under them. Amakosi should have the final say on issues affecting their people. No one consults them for their input before passing new laws in Parliament. He also went on to say that Roman Dutch law had taken away the power of the Amakosi to rule over their people and given it to white men and a few politicians. He said, quote, people under Amakosi are poor since the arrival of the white men. When will we free ourselves from that? We would be cowards if we don't fix this. We can't beg outsiders and be the poor ones. Uh, he also went on to criticize the formation of small parties by blacks, as he described it. Uh, and he said that uh, if all black people voted for one political party, we would, they could get anything done because they are the majority. And that all small new parties, like the one he's just formed, are an attempt to keep uh, by white people to keep black people divided. He then, and this is my favorite part of all of the things he said, referring to Palapala, said that, Ramaphosa was a criminal who was being defended by his party and the judiciary. He said, quote, why are we quiet as a nation? Leading the country is a big responsibility. We can't give it to a criminal and not reprimand, but instead defend him. Now that is some spectacular gall. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but, you know, I think not, we're not in particular danger of any of these policy proposals being implemented. But it does disturb me that a former president of the country, who is still a favorite politician of, I don't know, it's sort of 20, 30% of South Africa, basically thinks that we should abandon democracy and go back to the Middle Ages. What do you make of this? No, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, in a way it made sense. I mean, he's done the presidency, he did the company, the country in. Um, so what's left but feudalism? I mean, what are we going to be divided into eight or nine or ten kingdoms? And um, maybe there's something to be said for that. We can really look at, um, you know, seceding, secede, 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 secede. You know, everywhere, left, right, and centre. Um, I, for me, the best thing about Zuma is less the formation of the party than the fact that he's actually given the ANC the ultimate conundrum. What do you do when you should be firing? the ass of the most hypocritical human being known to mankind in South Africa. But if you do, it may be a vote loser. That, I think, 
is what all of this throws up. And the ANC, let's put it this way, they deserve it completely and utterly. Um, the outrageousness of his comments and the, I suppose, essentially the, 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 the disregard or the contempt he actually has for the South African people is, is quite bizarre. Uh, it it's actually is bizarre. And it's there's a creepy element to it in the sense that, you know, is he only actually only talking about the Zulus because they are, you know, the, the, the dominant? Um, That's who he's campaigning to in this in this instance. Yeah. In, in particular. And what about the rest of us? Or can we? Or, or do, do, <laughs> are he's looking at secession, in which case we can all get on without KwaZulu Natal. I don't know. Maybe something well, to think I'm about. Gonna, maybe Zuma should just secede himself from South Africa and go and hang out with his buddies in Dubai. Well, he's. He's in KZN, seceding, seceding, being seceded by any number of hired assassins is always a possibility. Yeah, indeed. That is one of the very many worrying things about KZN. But anyway, um, yeah, Justice Malala actually wrote a piece on this recently, just talking about how the ANC is just so paralyzed by its sort of internal indecision, its fear, its infighting, it's all that nonsense that its National Executive Committee can't agree to throw out someone who started another political party. I mean, I couldn't think of another. Even Cope (laughs) got rid of of one of their most prominent people in the country because she was joining the party into a coalition which they didn't agree with. Um, in this case, though, what's her, her, what she seems to have founded herself, the South African Rainbow Coalition or whatever it was called. Um, Yeah, that was the Joburg speaker, Colleen Makabule. But this is, this is, I think, uh, you know, just shows that the ANC is in a perilous state internally if it can't even organize something as simple as kicking out a former leader who tries to start a new party. And I don't know why the ANC just didn't go with Fikile Mbalula's, you know, admission that the fire pool was really a swimming pool. Was a lie. We're in that sort of territory. <laughs> I mean, that was that was what was so funny about this is that uh, you know Fakila Mbalula gave this sort of impression of like the uh, the girlfriend who who went along with her criminal boyfriend for all sorts of terrible reasons and lied on his behalf and then was broken up with anyway, and then said, "But I lied for you." Ah. <laughs> uh. It's, it's, I must say, it's, it's definitely chickens coming home to roost, which is that if you play these silly games, don't expect not to be stabbed in the back, um, as they have been by Zoom. But anyway, let's move on to our next topic. And of course, in February, so not too long from now, the finance minister is going to give his new budget for the year, government budget. And he says, in, uh, this is Enokonogwana, the finance minister, that he is not ruling out tax increases in 2024. However, he did admit that uh, that doing raising taxes in this environment would be a difficult exercise, and that's exactly it, right? The South African economy is really struggling. We're just not getting growth. Unemployment is very sticky, very high, and if you raise taxes more, you're probably not even going to get that much more money. But government has a big shortfall. Well, the problem is that um, if he doesn't rule it out, the taxpayers may rule out the support for the ANC in the next election, and where will they be? Where will they be then? Um, I mean, it, it's actually this, this is the, this is the government that pretends it's going to kickstart the NHI and and the its its cheerleaders are going to levy 
taxes on, on payrolls for this. Um, I will personally lead that tax boycott if they even think of doing it. Um, but it's, I mean, I understand his predicament. I mean, the, the ANC suddenly may have newfound wealth, but the government hasn't. And, uh, you know, it, the ANC has done pretty much everything it possibly can to shrink the tax base. So I think he's really caught between a rock and a hard place. Right. If you refuse to make the difficult decisions, those decisions only get harder as time goes by when it comes to the nation's finances. And the ANC is now at the point where there are no more good options left to make. You can cut social services, which has all sorts of negative effects and will also hurt their, their bottom line. You can cut the, uh, the the size of government, but the ANC is so enmeshed into the patronage networks there that that'll hurt their internal stability. You can raise taxes, but that's just going to hurt businesses more and make you more popular. They don't have any good options left. And this is exactly because they spent so long making the easy choice, which was just, eh, you know, let's not worry about economic growth. Let's not worry about money. Um, uh, but anyway, let us go on to our last story for today. And that is that uh, Alanaz uh, has done an, does an annual risk barometer and they look at the views of 3,000 risk management experts across the world, uh, looking at what they think the biggest challenge and threats to companies across the world will be in 2024. Most of the world says that ransomware attacks, data breaches, IT disruptions are the biggest worry for companies in 2024. However, South Africa was not in this crowd where our biggest worry is collapsing infrastructure. And I think that comes as no surprise Last year was the worst year of load shedding we've ever had by a long way. And I think many South Africans are now see things like water shedding that's hit parts of Joburg pretty badly and it was already affecting large numbers of rural municipalities in the country. Um, the sort of general municipal decay, all sorts of infrastructure problems, the railway lines not working properly. We talked about a big train crash yesterday. This comes as no surprise, I think. What do you, what do you think, Sarah? Well, I think the thing about it's almost the, the train crash is almost the cherry on the top because you can almost argue that the that the business sector may have been again naive to try and think it could help government out of its own mess um, because there is nothing like watching good intentions derailed, pun intended, by that lovely confluence of archaic systems. Shift changes. Oh, forgot to leave a note on the desk to say that a train had stopped and any other train might bash into it. It's 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 symptomatic of the fact that we have actually ultimately been ruined by cadre deployment linked to BEE. Um, bottom line is, if you want to run a country properly, you've got you cannot have let the skills run out and hope that the poor guys who have to take over, have learnt enough to take over. It's, I think it's that simple. So, yes, it should be our biggest worry. But, boy, we've, we've got so many worries. It's like, you know, we'd, you know, I guess if we start with infrastructure, the rest might fall into place. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it, it's, it's like it's a deep hole and it's getting deeper. Exactly. So the answer is, for better or for worse, give it to the private sector. Right. And, you know, the uh, I must say that uh, once again, this is the most important election the ANC has had since 94, probably. And uh, 
This is not the set of circumstances I would choose if I was about to go into an election. But we'll see. Uh, you know, load chilling wasn't so bad over December. But maybe they'll manage to keep that up at least until the election, at which point... Uh, Apparently they we'll won't see. be able to. Well, that remains to be seen. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that that's unlikely to continue, but we shall have to uh, see if something magical can be pulled out at the last minute. Anyway, that is all the time for today. We hope that you found the show interesting. And we will be back tomorrow with the Daily French Show. That's a wrap. <laughs>